Gordon again. In the midfield. Oh, what a job! You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Statton, Kevin Cook, and Jeremy Paxton. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome into the Weekly Brew Podcast. You may have noticed this is not a normal episode. It's a bonus episode, and there's a reason for that. I think Hunter wants to be the one to tell you about it. I'll toss it to him in a second. But we're recording this a little less than an hour after the Rockets 105-99 victory over the Thunder, closing out that series in five just as I predicted, although I've been told I didn't predict it on the air, so that does not count as my first official prediction, and that's too bad. Uh, kind of a rough series, I think. We'll get Hunter's thoughts here in a minute. Austin Statton, our lovely producers here as well. He may not be on mic. It's a little late for him, but Hunter and I are just hitting our stride here. Welcome in, buddy. Hunter Atkins from the Houston Chronicle, uh, best writer in the world. Uh, I think is what I tell people most of the time, and I'm if not ashamed to say if, that. Yeah, if you don't know how to read, that's, <laughs> I'm very good. I don't know how to read. I'm really ashamed that you pointed that out to people. But okay, so Hunter, here we are why why are we here it's late it's 10 48 on a tuesday night well kevin it's time to announce our nuptials to the audience yeah okay good <laughs> i wonder if it was time no uh we want to do a bonus episode to thank all the awesome listeners this week we surpassed uh 10 000 listens for a single episode we yeah. had howard beck on last week which was super fun and uh, i think we have him to thank really i'm not sure we should take too much pride in it we, we appreciate it Howard. we have him to thank moses israel yeah. uh, i could go on yeah yeah but, Rabbi? Yeah. 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 Well, it was a bris. <laughs> but so, no, just to, to thank everybody for tuning in, uh, we wanted to throw an extra episode out there, 20-ish minutes or whatever. Yeah, we're going to start um, doing more things. You watch our YouTube feed because we haven't put stuff up there in a while. We have a little more resources uh, and a little more energy, frankly. Now that there's 10,000 of you guys out there listening to us, uh, it's a great number. That and the bath salts. Exactly right. So a lot of new stuff coming. This will be the first example of what is, uh, what's around the bend. So keep your eyes peeled and, uh, and pay attention to us. Uh, is my message to you guys. So, Hunter, what did you think about the game? Yeah, yeah, let's get into the game here. So, uh, my thoughts: uh, very baseline, superficial reading. Kind of an ugly series. Uh, kind of an ugly game. You can look at all the stats. A lot of uh, a lot of inefficiency, and it was kind of tough to watch at points. You like to get the win there, of course. I'm not sure how confident I am headed forward since you're likely to play the Spurs if you are the Rockets. Uh, it went exactly as I thought it would. Did, did anything about this surprise you? That you. Predicted it so perfectly, yeah. <laughs> well, you, I could have you gotten got on mic. That you got anything correct, yeah. I was, I was, I'm shocked. Um, it was a really weird series. Um, you know, I, I think that the emergence of Nene yeah. was really weird, right? A guy who was obviously definitively a bench player, but also rather dormant the whole mm-hmm. year, who was considered just a bulky body off the bench. He ended up being, you know, the appropriate antidote in the paint. I don't, I can't imagine that they're going to rely on him so much against the Spurs. They, of course, will not rely on him if they ever get to the Warriors. But <laughs> it was just a very strange, unpredictable series. The, the, well, what's the, your other option, though? Clint Capella, I think, was underwhelming uh, for most of the I, series. I, I don't want to get into that t- j- just yet. But, <clears> but I, I was using him as the most obvious, noticeable mm. change in the Rockets' game plan, mm. right? And how odd that was and how they went to this bully ball down low. Right. Um, no, the, the the most consistent outcome per game was, although expected, certainly not to this extent. You know, the usage of Russell Westbrook and what emerged. You know, I didn't I didn't hear this as such a predominant narrative in the season, but my God, it came out so much in the lead up to today's game five was how bad the Thunder is without what Russell Westbrook on the court, oh right? My God. So, so there were like just to go through a, a handful of stats. Uh, I saw on Twitter, I wish I could attribute it, I apologize to whoever I'm plagiarizing right now, <laughs> but on Twitter I saw that 
were that the um, the lineup without Russell Westbrook on the court allows 134 points a game. It's not good. And then if the, and then if we did it over the course of a season that with Russell Westbrook the team averages something like 43 and a half wins a season without Russell Westbrook on the court that lineup averages 15 and a half wins a season. That's just Philadelphia 76ers of 2 3 years ago bad. I mean, so, so, yeah, I mean one of the historically worst mm. lineups ever. So I I just didn't realize it was so drastic. And again, that's why it makes this series so strange, but also really not reflect well on the Rockets. Yeah. The idea that in the last four consecutive games, I'm pretty sure, the Rockets at certain points were down by double digits. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is not a team you should be going down to by that much. Obviously, the good the good sign is that they've had an admirable amount of resiliency, which they're gonna need when they're gonna face better teams. Right. But it doesn't bode well, I think, that you know, they're gonna be able to consistently uh, play well against the Spurs, which certainly will not squander leads like the Thunder, or you know, heaven forbid, the Warriors, where you know you really um, can't have so many off nights. I think it would change my mind here. Is I've been one of those guys that says Russell Westbrook. Um, I don't want to say doesn't play the game the right way, but I don't like the way he plays. I don't. Let's, you know, All right, old white man. Exactly right. I, I come from a long line of old white men. And I will become one myself eventually, but hopefully. But um, no. So I, when you look at those numbers, and we talked about outscoring and so forth. I think at one point Russell Westbrook set for a, a quick blow, two minutes, and in that two minutes, it went from Thunder up five to Thunder down five. Two minutes, 10-point swing. It's crazy. So I, I don't. there are things I don't like about Russell's game, but I actually appreciate how much of an impact he makes in terms of doing what it takes to win a basketball game. He is, he is more, uh, he's contributed more to their ability to win games than I would have thought, I think, looking back now with this information. So I have a little more appreciation for Russell Westbrook, and uh, you know, that's about what I come out of this series thinking. What about Harden, right? I mean, so the Rockets end up winning 105-99 tonight. 8 of 25. 825 in the series from three point range, he was 12 for 50, which is 24 percent, something like that. Either well, way, it's bad. Take out, take out tonight when he was two of 13, and I wonder what that percentage would be. That's it's it was a pretty rough night shooting the ball from three for both teams. Actually, I had the number here, they were 16 of 75 combined. That's wait, I'm sorry, that, what was that? That's both teams, Thunder and Rockets combined tonight were 16 of 75 from three. Yeah, just yeah, gasoline. Um, <laughs> no, and it obviously that also evidences why they had to resort to uh, so many drives, so many free throws. This bully ball with Nene, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that that's what's going to be like with this with either the Spurs or the Grizzlies. Right? No. I mean, certainly they play different styles, but those are not teams that make mistakes like the Thunder that have such a um, you know unanimous source of offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to Harden. We talked about this off-air before. Mm. I actually wasn't so aware of this. He's not so good in the playoffs. And if he had a tough time against Robertson, Robertson's awesome. Robertson is an elite defender, averaging more than four blocks a game, doing such an incredible job of containing Harden. Well, guess what? He's about to face a defensive player of the year in (laughs) Kawhi Leonard in the next round. And then Clay Thompson after that if you beat him. So, I mean, you got nothing but great guys defending from here on out. So you shouldn't say, like, Roberson's a great defender. We got past that. It's only going to be this difficult from here on out. And that's why he's... You know, they say bad in the playoffs. He's not bad in the playoffs, but he's he's not his usual superlative self because you have teams that, first of all, made it to the playoffs, and they have a guy that can defend that guy, and they put them on Harden, and then you game plan and you scheme for the team. So, of course, people are not going to be as good. I really don't make much of that narrative. It's a big sports talk radio thing. Uh, the numbers bear it out why to wouldn't you wait, wait, Why wouldn't you make more of that narrative? I mean, we could... <clears throat> 
presumably have somebody who might be listening not on mic look up what Harden's postseason scoring average and field goal percentage and true field goal percentages are. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> forget. Well, there certainly are going to be numbers that are going to back that up. Why right. don't you buy into that? That's a huge issue it makes for this perfect team. Perfect sense. I don't think it's uh, anything out of the or I don't think there's something in his head. I don't think there's something in his heart that's deficient. That like oh god, I'm in the playoffs. The lights are too bright. I think it's just a question of you're playing better teams. They scheme for you. You got a better defender on you. It's, just, it's to be expected. And I don't think that it's such a dramatic drop off that I think that there's uh, a character problem or some sort of. It's not character. No, no, no. But that's not. All right, I guess we're, we're sort of getting an argument of semantics. I'm just thinking about the ability of the Rockets to advance, right? Yeah, and um, I, I don't think that they're likely to win a championship. I think it would take a lot of dice rolls, a lot of long threes going their way in order for them to What about beat the next series? Odds. Whether it's the Grizzlies, who I'm sure Rockets fans assume would be the easiest matchup. I'm actually not so sure. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not so sure. Or the Spurs, who beat them 3-1 to one in the regular season in their series. Yeah. I, I would imagine that this next series is going to go to, uh, you know, the, the Spurs is who I anticipate playing. I would favor the Spurs in this series. But there's, there's certainly an outside chance the Rockets can win just because they can fill it up from three and you can have any kind of game. Hello. How are you guys doing? The Caucasian hey sensation. <laughs> I'm going to jump in. So w- you had just mentioned that James Harden has struggled in the playoffs. And who are you? I don't. Yeah, does anybody exactly. know who you are? Yeah. So far as after you jump in, you the jump show. the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally true. I mean, look at his last series where he kind of made, or I, I guess his first big explosion in the playoffs. That was Oklahoma City back in 2012. He shot 41% from the three-point line. Since he's been in Houston, his first playoff series, 34%, 29%. 38% back in 15 when they made that nice run uh, to the Western Conference Finals. But last year, he shot 31% so far, uh, roughly 24 25% this playoff series. So consistency at the three-point line. You mentioned this when we had Sean Pendergast on the show. That's going to be the key for the Rockets in the postseason. As a team. As a team. They struggled as a team in this first round. It's going to be a little bit different with a better defensive team and the San Antonio Spurs. On the other hand, I, mean, I do think that he has better, um, not not necessarily a better team around him because you call Dwight Howard's a talented player or whatever. But that was a disaster. I think you got a better suited team for his style. I expected this narrative to um, to kind of correct itself a little bit, regression to the mean, because he has those weapons around him. I think we're going to see that he's probably more effective over uh, you know the next couple of years with this kind of shooting, this kind of driving kick style. I think it's going to benefit him a lot. They're really scheming well to play around his talent. Yeah, that's totally fair, and I think you saw that the rest of the team picked up around him when he wasn't hitting all the shots. And keep in mind, that's first. That's new. S- right. By the way, by the way, sometimes they also had a lot of interior scoring, which we're not used to seeing from they the did. team. They did, which especially was impromptu. The, especially with the Nay, and then you, of course, you had. There were uh, way more drives. I thought. I'm sure we could look that up. But yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> why do that? No, but, but, but play those statistics. Those stats that I just gave you were playoff per 100 possession. So just keep that in mind. But uh, one of the things that I also noticed in the series is the Rockets were taking. It seemed like slightly more shots that were mid range. I don't know if they were trying to change things up offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't seem like they were just relying on the three and inside uh, the paint. And I assure you, Daryl Morey is going to strap into a St. Andrews cross down in his, uh, in his stats <laughs> dungeon and whip them until they realize that they can't be doing that. Kevin, we, t- we explicitly explained before off-air that we were not going to revisit our private <laughs> life on air. I mean, I know I was joking about the nuptials, but that crossed the line. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to go back to playing producer slash stat guy. <laughs> Denzel Washington, thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> the right. lovely Austin Staten, who's here with us, and I don't know why he decided to be off mic for most of it, but he couldn't help himself. Thanks, he's a Austin. dirty coward. <laughs> 
So what's the take what's the that takeaway? for data? The, yes, that that's the takeaway. It's honestly, this NBA season has been great. I've loved it. People have been saying it's predetermined. It's going to be controversial take from Kevin Cook. But what the highlight of the season? I think without question for every NBA fan is what Fizdale and his rant. <laughs> Take that for data. We had some drops last night. That was the highlight of the season. No, it's the best thing that's ever happened in the NBA. It's peaked as far as I'm concerned. Wrong. That's my Donald Trump. Get off. Get off. You had had your moment, kid. So going forward, uh, are we optimistic? Are we pessimistic? Are we just, uh, you know, what's going to happen here? What did you get from watching the series? I'm sorry. What is your question? What, What do we know more about the Rockets now than we did before this series? I actually think that they're, they're weaker than I thought. Yeah. Um, I had said definitely multiple times on air um, that they have the best chance of any team in the entire NBA of challenging the Warriors. Mm-hmm. That they could give them the you know they have the most puncher's chance, yes. the biggest puncher's chance. And puncher's chances are really. I mean, we use that phrase a lot. It's a great analogy here, actually, yeah. because you really yeah. are likely to lose this unless you just go all out, go for broke, and you know attempt to maximize your your return from beyond the three point line. But it is um, you know high risk, high reward. I don't think it's likely that they're even going to beat the Spurs to get there. I'm certainly doubting it more than more. I actually thought, and perhaps because I was seeing it through rose-colored glasses, that they were going to beat the Spurs. I really did think that. Yeah. I just thought, I know that the Spurs had a fabulous record that, as always, they, they mm-hmm. have a fabulous record. But I actually just thought that they weren't such a great matchup for these Rockets, you know? Um, and uh, I'm I'm gonna have to step back off that. I actually think that the Spurs are probably gonna win. Yeah, probably so. And I would I would expect uh you know probably not a seven game series. I agree. I know. I don't. I, so they lost three one in the season series, and the one game they won in San Antonio, which I want to say was the opening game of the mm. four game series. I don't remember. Was that a close game? Somebody chime in. Voice in the sky. <laughs> years ago. Um, like. Denzel Washington jump in here. <laughs> but yeah. What well, um. So the idea that they're going to go into San Antonio in the playoffs, as and also they won't have the home game for Game Seven. Right. Um, the odds are, are much more against them than I had imagined at first. Yeah. So that first game was November 9th. Uh, early on in the season, the Rockets won 101 to 99, but all the games have been close. Uh, game two, Spurs took 106 to 100 here in Houston. Uh, game three, Spurs won 102 to 100. And of course, the uh, finale back in oh, yeah. March 6 was 110 to 112. So all four games have gone close, and I, I tend to agree. I don't think the Rockets are going to win that series. I think it's probably going to be the Spurs in six. I don't see it going to a game seven. Uh, but I think it's the playoffs, and I, I, I think it could potentially be close. So let's think big picture. Let's say we are right that they lose the Spurs in five or six games, uh, which would, I don't think would be a disappointing season at all, particularly after what happened last year. We are, how attractive are you to free agents now uh, as a location, a destination? I think that oh, the team on. has we're, shown... Are about the offseason already? Well, you know, it's just it's a, it's no, a point I'm bringing up. We talked about the game. Let's talk about the next series. All right. Hey, yeah, I don't... Uh, we're I speculate about also, playing the Warriors. And it would be a disappointment. <clears throat> this is just the first step, is what I'm saying. Like this, this is a very auspicious first step. Or they caught lightning in a bottle with all these guys, including Lou Williams on the trade deadline. I mean, like, they, you know, the auxiliary players have played so damn well mm-hmm. without injury, right? Right. And you talk about some guys that were very, very oft injured before coming here in, uh, in, in Ryan Anderson and uh, Eric Gordon, of course. So that, that was great luck. We, no, we, I think it would be... To quote uh, our our president, it would be bigly mm. a disappointment. Yeah, bigly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that you know you, you said well compared with last season, it's not compared with last season anymore, man. Yeah, people don't. Who even remembers last season as a part of the narrative of this team? 
it's about how Harden is, you know, gunning for the MVP with Russell Westbrook. It's about Maury being vindicated after losing out to losing Kevin Durant, losing Frank Vogel, all all this stuff, right? And the perception of the team dramatically changed across the league. Uh, the vindication for Mike D'Antoni, mm-hmm. right? Um, going back to what I said before about how they seem to be the a formidable opponent for the Warriors, and if they get waxed by the Spurs, I actually think it really it deflates the entire season in retrospect, only because it has been such a joyous and inspiring experience so far to see how this team has played. It, it would be bigly uh, in its disappointment. So what's worse for you? Diarrhea. Seven, seven games <laughs> in which the Rockets look absolutely atrocious in three of them. Four of them, you know, all, all four losses are atrocious, but they, you know, somehow managed to have three squeakers where they win or getting swept, but all close games. Ah, it's a, it's a Sophie, a real Sophie's choice. I, you know, those are both bad situations that I don't want either of them, obviously. I don't know. What, what is one signal to you above the other? How do you differentiate between but those But also, also, it's extremely rare, you know, we're, mm. I mean, we're coming off of the finals last year in which this happened, but it's really rare that in a seven game series, teams play so poorly or so. Uh, uh, there's so there's such a uh, disparaging mm. no, sorry disparity disparaging thank you disparaging I don't know we uh, saw it a few years ago with the Spurs and Heat I mean all the games were just atrocious at least the first five games in the series they were all blowouts and then game six obviously uh, with Miami coming back and you know stealing that last minute game all right, it's two series out, out of I mean, give me the wins give me the wins I'll take the seven game series okay. yeah also and also because you know why because the seventh game is always going to inspire hope mm-hmm. right it's a crap even if even if they get. You know, killed in that game in San Antonio. But I just think, okay, I think of this positive as a process, thoughts, right? Positive thoughts. You you hit reset when you got rid of Dwight Howard, which is in and of itself a great move. Anytime you can get rid of Dwight Howard, you do it. That's going to improve your team. But this is year one. I think it's been very positive. I think that maybe you can signal like this team is headed in a direction. We have an idea of a Mike D'Antoni offense, how he's going to utilize Harden. It's worked out very, very well. Harden's talents have made these, um, I don't want to say marginal, but middling players that are around him so much better. I mean, have you ever thought better of Eric Gordon? Except maybe his potential. When he first came into the league, people thought he might be something. But this is the best I think he's ever played at the highest level, right? And you see that for a lot of guys along the squad. Danae having a resurgence, right? This, this offense benefits everyone. I think. Where is this play- optimism coming from, Kevin? This is. Well, it's coming from a place of we're going to lose in the next round. We, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, I know. You really. So I got to be optimistic about something. I'm optimistic about the future, so but I'm, not the immediate. I'm future. just going to jump in here. Uh, Kevin last year said that the Rockets were going to win the Western Conference. He was wrong. Kevin is now saying that the Rockets are going to lose in the second round. If you're a betting person, <laughs> which you bet are, your life savings on the Rockets <laughs> to win that series. I cannot. That's too much responsibility. But, but, but also, <laughs> but also to your Gordon reference, everyone knew that he had talent. It was whether or not he could stay healthy, and and I, I think that's different from saying it's his best season. I think it's it is his best season because he's been healthy. But we all knew the talent was there. It was just whether or not he could maximize it and stay healthy for. You know, 78, 82 but, games a But season. staying healthy requires a lot of things, and I think that his role on this team is not, um, he's not going to have to create, he's not going to have to drive as much, he's going to be a lot of times taking, you know, catch and shoot three-pointers, he's not going to get injured. Suddenly our NBA playoffs discussion has boiled down to whether Eric Gordon will have a good year next year. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's make our final points. I think that what was unfortunate was we went this long mm-hmm. without actually saying who the Rockets MVP of the postseason was. All right. Pat Beverly. Yeah. What incredible series. Heart you know, and soul. Not just the heart. Well, I was going to say there are plenty of tangible examples. You know, yeah. I was thinking about the first <laughs> quarter tonight. Um, he gets a second foul five minutes in, mm. and that's when Westbrook proceeds to get into rhythm and go off, right? He finishes. So 
Beverly misses the rest, the, the next seven minutes of the first quarter. Westbrook finishes with 13 points, right? Beverly was bigly a part of the, uh, you know, the Rockets' resurgence, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- there's a point in the third quarter where the Thunder go on a 27-9 run. Well, in the time with Russell Westbrook off the court, by coincidence, or not such a coincidence, <laughs> the exact same amount, uh, the Rockets went on a... 27 to 9 run. Yeah. You know, erasing the whole thing in large part just because Pat Beverly, you know, contained Westbrook as much as he did. And then I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but Beverly seemed to play a lot of minutes without Westbrook on the floor also and was just awesome. You know, has he looked better in the playoffs than he did 100%, in the playoffs? Of course. <clears throat> well, he's, playoffs he's looked even more active, even more valuable. So I just want to, you know, as like to wrap up my final point is just that uh, although we do not think that the Rockets are going to win the next series. Mm-hmm. I will say, for them to have a chance, um, Beverly has to continue to play at this beautiful, incredible, energetic uh, Who's level. Who's he stopping, though? Are you putting him on Kawhi? No, you don't put exactly. him on Kawhi. But, no, but they have... Other, look, the Spurs always have these other guys that emerge, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that Beverly's... Ener- look, defense is not an individual player's responsibility, right? right. It's a five-man unit. And considering how rather... Poor the Rockets five man unit is. What was that great Austin? What was the what was the quote that D'Antoni had after tonight's game? Yeah, so the quote was uh, in reference to James Harden whether or not he was uh, a little bit tired or kind of getting exhausted late in the game. And D'Antoni, uh, paraphrasing here, joked around that uh, well he's not used to playing defense that much in the in the regular <laughs> season. So. so my point is that look if the Rockets are going to do it, you know, if they're going to have a chance, um, the stronghold of their defense, whatever semblance of defense they have, is going to be on Patrick Beverly. And uh, just kudos to him. I think you get one. You know, you, you got this this first one out of the way here. Once you win one, maybe that has something for your confidence. Maybe you play together. I don't know. I, I, I've never played, uh, you know, in the playoffs in the NBA. Uh, that may surprise you to know. I, but I am shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say that I think one key to this series is obviously it's going to open up in San Antonio. We're presuming that, of course, San Antonio closes it out on Saturday night. The Rockets are going to get more rest in the yeah. Spurs. So I think that's a Maybe huge we're being difference. a bit presumptive. I think that's a huge difference. Presumptuous. Uh, but if you look at the uh, the stats, we were talking about who's going to beat uh, y- you know, the Rockets outside of Kawhi. Sure, they spread the ball out a lot. You've got a lot of guys averaging between five and seven points, but there's only three guys on the Spurs roster right now that are averaging double digits in the playoffs, and that's LaMarcus Aldridge, who I think has been pretty inconsistent. He's averaging 15 points. Uh, And then you've got an old guy, Tony Parker, who's playing well, averaging nearly 14. What are Kawhi's numbers? Kawhi looks pretty damn good. (laughs) Uh, He's averaging 32.5 points a game and uh, 10 rebounds. Yeah. What do, are you able to quickly pull up his uh, defensive stats or like whatever the d- team's defensive rating is with him on the court? Yeah, well, it's too complicated. We can skip it, but <clears throat> let's just trust that. Well, and the other problem is that statistically, we've talked about this with uh, with guys much smarter than I am before too. There really isn't a way analytically to measure defense accurately, particularly individual impact on defense. So that's it's not a bad thing to look at. You know, but but I think that we don't even really comprehend exactly how to quantify how much defense is valuable. And that's why I think, I mean, Kawhi would not have been a crazy MVP choice if that's where your head was at, because I think the impact he makes on the defensive end is not even something we can well, fully appreciate. James Harden's about to find out for himself. Exactly. All and, right. and Kawhi will be on him, I assume. All right. Thank you again to all the listeners for increasing their listenership. We hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. Guys, is there anything we want to plug for the upcoming episode? Of yeah, the at Weekly K. Michael Group? Cook on Twitter is uh, Kevin Michael Cook's Twitter uh, account. You should be following I that. was I was actually referencing if there's anything in yeah, the so upcoming episode. In, <laughs> in the upcoming here. episode, Kevin, not just <laughs> to get people to look at your Twitter. Yeah, so this weekend, uh, I am going to sit down on a roundtable discussion with uh, Hunter Atkins and uh, 
Jake Kaplan. We're gonna totally talk forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. We're going <laughs> to talk a little Astros baseball for those uh, that are interested. Also, we're going to uh, have, a, I guess, an interview conversation with uh, one of our friends, Luke Bronner, who is the host of the H podcast here in Houston. So uh, stay tuned for that. And Luke Bronner and I have got a project uh, that was going to be under the Weekly Brew uh, banner that yeah. is very right. exciting, and we're not going to announce it just yet. More like, to come soon. Yeah, yeah like I wouldn't call a new uh, dating site that you guys have yeah. devised as like a new project. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> and wouldn't. one final thing, of course, the NFL draft is Thursday night, runs through Saturday. We will definitely dissect the Texans draft picks and uh, we'll get into that. So stay tuned. Follow our social media accounts at Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And guys, before we close it out, predictions for the second round. We, we need, need an opponent first. Okay. Say it's a Spurs. <laughs> okay. All right, Spurs win, Warriors win. They're going to the Western Finals. Then, gotta go Cavs. I don't even know. I'm so sorry. Who is going to be on the other side of the bracket in the East? Well, who knows, right? Cavs are the two seed, and then everything else is kind of up in the air. All right, so then that's my prediction. I, just, I mean, I just basically went chalk. <clears throat> yeah, and it's been that kind of a season, too. I would say that, obviously, the Cavs are likely to come out. There's some interesting I sound so unprofessional. I can't even tell you who. You know what I mean? Like, the Cavs are... It's going to be... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, it's, it's, no, no, it's the Celtics. It's okay. Listen, it's the Celtics versus the... They still have to get past the Bulls. So I guess the winner of the Celtics... Too. <laughs> the Bulls have been a shock, by the way. I, that has been... Not that we're going to talk about the Bulls at but all, I'm but, saying, but, what, but who, the they, who would they play? Would they play the, the Raptors... Uh, Bucks winner where they play the play the Washington. I believe it's Washington Atlanta. Oh my I god, this is making us five. look so stupid. <laughs> which which we are. we just don't care about the East. We don't. And that's that's what you guys spoke about last week with Howard Beck. Is you know tell us about the East. It's yeah, something that we that, don't that's discuss. what it was too. That was yeah. our question. Can you I, tell I, us about the East. Yeah, I think it was literally a question because we don't know about the Eastern Conference. We just focus strictly on. <laughs> The teams in the West. And if, LeBron, we're play, yeah. if we're playing the Spurs, though, I, I'm gonna say I, we, the Rockets can who, push again. It. We, yeah, you're not on the team, Kevin. No, Matt. they won. I'm on the team tonight. Um, if we play the Spurs, then I would say it's gonna be. I hope for a six game series. I don't, I don't think it's gonna be five. I think they can give them, uh, you know, a good fight. I'm, I'm thinking six Spurs and six. Rockets shock the world. Oh, I love it. Take that for what it is. Take that for data. <laughs> Guys, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I want to plug my Twitter. Late and delirious. What'd you say? I want to plug my Twitter real quick. Uh, okay, plug your Twitter. All right, everybody. It is Hunter Atkins35. I also want to respectfully plug the Twitter of Jake Kaplan, mm-hmm. who is our uh, Astro, is amazing ja- Astros beat writer. Jake at Jake M. Kaplan. Um, for John McClain, who covers the NFL, and Aaron Wilson, who also covers the NFL for the Houston Chronicle. I apologize. I can't remember their handles by heart. I think it's at McClain NFL, something like that. At McClain um, on NFL. At McClain and there's underscores NFL. in there, too, so you should probably Google it. Aaron Wilson, also something. Doing great coverage for the draft. Please check them out. Yeah, great, guys. We appreciate following. And uh, honestly, Jake Kaplan's a great follow on Twitter. You're not a great follow on Twitter, Hunter, but we should follow you anyway because well, we want to make you, you famous. Like, if you like pro wrestling and corgis, I'm great. I think people do like that. So at Hunter Atkins 35, I'm at K. Michael Cook. Austin Statton to my right is at A. Statton. We are the Weekly Brew Podcast, and we love all 10,000-plus of you guys. We will see you Sunday.